also do the presentation with the Friends of Oak Hill since they, you know, you know, they were signed up and were ready to give the presentation. So we can just kind of review that the next meeting um, if there is any action to be taken. So. Sounds good. <laughs> so we seem to have a trend happening here with no quorum. So hopefully I do this all correctly and I don't, we don't bring anything to, to voting. Yeah, so let me, I'm going to go ahead and start recording and get the meeting started. So Perfect. So then are you reading something about quorum in the city, Roger, or are we waiting for a no, no, no. I, I was just going to let you start the meeting and then I would. Okay. All right. It. So <laughs> it's uh, 535 and uh, I'm Jackie Becker, the chair of Parks and Rec. And uh, let's get this meeting going. Um, right. And I'll, I'll, I'll speak here. Roger Steinbrock, marketing supervisor. Um, I have a few housekeeping things for the Zoom meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel, channel 25 on cable. Please remember to mute yourself during the meeting unless you are speaking. Unless you're participating during the meeting, please turn off your video. This allows the active meeting participants to be seen on screen. You will still be able to hear the meeting when you are participating. Please turn your video on. If you have trouble, you can send a chat in the message and we will get, uh, the, get you answered and get you taken care of from there. Um, and the city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual video off to minimize distractions during the meeting. And now I'll turn it back over to Chairperson Becker. Thanks, Roger. So our first item that we'll be working on, of course, is to look over, oh, we can't approve the minutes then either. Right. We'll just move so that to the next meeting. All right. Um, and since, you know, um, somebody's here, we'll do public comment and then go directly into the presentation if that's okay with you. That is fantastic. All right, minutes for approval move to next month and let's move on for public comment. Uh, as my remarks conclude, maybe you can begin empty this bag, begin then empty it one item at a time. Okay. My name is John Thornburg. I've been in Lawrence maybe 35 years, 30, um, 22 years a cyclist. For some of those years, that is the only transportation I used along with the bus. Um, the first thing of you heard of me was Jackie, and that was after the failed bike parking plan at the brand new lake. Here are my comments. Back in June at one of these board meetings, via the Zoom chat function, I asked this question, why is there no bike parking at Hobbs? I did not ask that bicycle parking be installed. I would not have asked this. No bike parking is better than bad bike parking, and that is 
and it is not unusual for the city when it must provide bicycle parking to call it good when it is bad. What was installed at Hobbs was bad bike parking. I'm not here today to do a study session. I am here to ask you to, re to report that along with the COVID, uh, along with COVID came a bicycle boom and a boom in bike theft. I explained that I have had several bikes stolen in just months and that the most recent theft at the time I was here last was so bold and brazen that I and not the police found the bike in front of the community building at 11th Mass. The prompt action of the police, you're premature on that, buddy. Yeah, not that one. With the uh, prompt action of the police, I got the bike back and the suspect having fled was apprehended. This discussion which you folks had began with questioning me. Was the bike locked? And it went on for some time and frankly, I was glad I wasn't here because I've been a cyclist a long time. It felt a little like victim blaming. I am here to ask you to recognize that Lawrence Parks and Rec has a role in bike theft and bike theft prevention. Today, today, I only ask that when I submit comments to this board and on time before a board meeting, those comments go to the board and are not left. I can't read my own writing here. Twice I've submitted comments, written comments to this board. And as far as I know, you never got them. I'd like you to stop doing that, please. I will be back next month and, and provide you in advance um, information about proper bike parking design and theft prevention. Meanwhile, the last bike I had stolen when I was here was stolen again. This is an utterly unusual bike. You could recognize it a block away and the thefts have become so bold, it's hard to believe. Here, here are just some of the locks that I had on that bike. Here's one, here's another, here's another and cable, one cable is missing and, and two locks are missing. This is the heaviest lock you can get if you go to a bicycle store, it's like $45. That was, the whole thing was wrapped up and tarped and bungeed and it's gone. There were two different sources of video tape. I'm hoping the police will get to those folks and get the tape viewed. So far, I haven't been able to get them to do it. So I thank you for your time and I appreciate all you do for us. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Um, very sorry to hear about your bike. Uh, I too have had multiple bikes stolen in this city. Um, One more comment. One more comment, please. Okay. Here's the first dollar that goes to buying this woman a light for her bike. <laughs> Jackie Becker. She better be riding with the bike lights. She doesn't. <laughs> I keep her alive. 
Well, no, if they get stolen, then you have to continue to buy them. So that's the, that's the tough part. The removable ones. <laughs> Here's my card. Any comments you have for the meeting, okay? I'll be watching this on the now. Okay. So in uh, regards to, I guess we'll just see what is com what John has to say for next month, and then we can talk more about it when we have quorum and whatnot. So uh, moving on then to our agenda, uh, I see some faces I don't know. So I'm assuming these are members of the Friends of Oak Hill, and they have uh, some things to share with us. So if I could have you both, is it two of you right here? Is it Koyla and Denise, the two of you? Yes. I could. All right, if I could just have you introduce yourselves and we can get things going on what you are sharing with us. Great, and Roger has the slides up. Thanks so much, Roger, for doing that. I had a spectacular fail trying to share my screen the other day, so it was like, ah! So Roger graciously agreed to run the slides. I appreciate that. I'm Denise Pettengill with Friends of Oak Hill. I'm their vice president um, with um, uh, Koyla Lockhart here, who is a founding member of Friends of Oak Hill and a board member. So uh, thanks for your time this evening. We're a nonprofit community organization in Lawrence, Kansas. Our mission is to preserve and appreciate the historic Oak Hill Cemetery we hope to serve as an advocacy group for addressing maintenance practices, funding, historic preservation efforts, education, and community involvement at Oak Hill. It's our goal that Oak Hill Cemetery be a sustainable and valued asset to the community of Lawrence, Kansas. Next one. We were founded in 2017 the same year that Oak Hill Cemetery was placed on the National Register of Historic Places. FU was incorporated, FU, Friends of Oak Hill was incorporated as a 501c3 nonprofit organization in 2020. And since its founding, we've worked to improve conditions of Oak Hill Cemetery by partnering with the Lawrence Parks and Recreation Department. Uh, so our activities, we have spring and fall cleanup days. Uh, as you can see, we have some very adorable volunteers that show up to help us pick up sticks and clean up the grounds. Memorial Day finds us with uh, board members and membership at the cemetery to help the visitors find graves using the interactive cemetery map. <clears throat> and in fall of 2020, we reached a memorandum of understanding between the Lawrence Parks and Recreation Department uh, and Friends of Oak Hill. Okay, next slide. We're going to run through some of our accomplishments, some of our projects that we've completed. In spring of 2021, we collaborated with Dr. Kelly Kincher's environmental study class. Their senior project was the greening of Oak Hill. Their project proposed using adaptable native plants to reduce the need for mowing and herbicide use. Uh, their 
the reducing the herbicide use is important in the cemetery. Uh, the herbicide can actually damage the older monuments. The resulting bare ground around the monuments uh, makes the ground subject to erosion and that can destabilize the monuments. Uh, also, the native plants, if those are planted around the monuments, then the um, is there's less need for getting the mowing machine close to the monuments, which can damage the monuments. And their completed project plans were submitted to the City of Lawrence Horticulturalist. Next. In the spring of 2020, we were awarded an $11,000 natural and cultural heritage grant through the Douglas County Heritage Conservation Council to restore monuments in Section 2. Friends of Oak Hill contributed an additional $5,000 in funds. We're combining that with the $100,000 in capital improvement project funds requested by Lawrence Parks and Recreation Department. So this 116,000 budget registration project will encompass works in section one, two, and three. Next. We collaborated with the NAACP of Lawrence on the Untold Stories of African American Burials Project. Next. So also in this very hot time in the summer of 2021, we assisted Dr. Blair Schneider with the Kansas Geological Survey with a geophysical assessment to locate unmarked burials in Potter's Field at Oak Hill Cemetery. And oh, I have some more to say about the little go back. That's okay. And um, the um, three modalities that she used were, and I'm not going to get them right, I don't think. Let's see. Electrical resistivity is the little sled thing, and you had to walk that over the ground and keep it very level the whole time. And the middle thing was electrical conductivity. And then the third picture shows ground penetrating radar. So all of those modalities, she uh, shared her initial uh, findings of um, collating all these data sources, there are quite a significant number of unmarked burials, as you can imagine, in Potter's Field. That wouldn't be surprising. And um, so go ahead and go to the next slide, please, Roger. We're continuing to work with Dr. Schneider uh, by Friends of Oak Hill is providing a 501C3C. I guess I switched that later. It should be C3 umbrella to apply for grants. Um, this will allow continuation and expansion of this project of naming and documenting these people buried in Potter's Fields. Field, uh, you know, and these stories are very important. These were people who were disenfranchised, forgotten, and making their stories known and locating their burial spaces is really important. Uh, particularly with the plat maps that were found in cleaning out the city hall closet um, just not so long ago. Uh, we know where Pete Vinegar, George Robertson, Isaac King are buried, so that um, the hope is that we can find where they're more, pretty close to where they're buried. Um, and also in summer of 2021, uh, Friends of Oak Hill member and historian Jen Klein led a walking tour in collaboration with Lawrence Park and Recreation Department Lifelong Recreation Program. 
Suffragists in Lawrence was held over two weekends in August and visited the resting places of suffragists in Oak Hill. Next one. We held a monument cleaning workshop with Sarah Holder, who is a preservation training specialist with Prosoco of Lawrence. Um, Fu, along with community members, cleaned several monuments in Section 2 using cleaning products and tools that are approved for historic monuments. You can see in the foreground of the first picture, the clear tubs with the blue lids. That's our cleaning kit supplies. Uh, those are available for checkout um, as long as you're cleaning your family's stone, as long as you've watched the uh, headstone cleaning video that's available on the Douglas County Conservation Heritage Conservation Council website. Uh, there was a workshop that was led by Corey Thomas of Pishney Restoration, and he went over very, it was a great workshop, very extensively on how to safely clean stones, what products to use. As you can imagine, we cringe when we hear that, oh, you just go out and put some bleach on them. Oh, no, don't do that. So <laughs> it's really important that people uh, know how to clean properly. And so that's part of our effort to make those kits available for people to use. Okay, next one. I'm sure all of you know the history of Oak Hill, but I'm just gonna touch on it real fast. 1865, it was established as a rural garden cemetery a beautiful place where people could promenade, take carriage rides in the cemetery. Its purpose was reburial and honoring of the dead from Quantrill's raid on August 21st, 1863. Uh, the victims were buried first in Pioneer Cemetery, some of them in mass graves. And Pioneer Cemetery was way far out of town at that time. So a move became underway to go ahead and establish a cemetery closer to town and to complete honoring the victims of Quantrill's raid, they erected a monument in 1895. Next slide. So the needs of Oak Hill as an older cemetery, of course, we have monuments that are showing deterioration due to age. Uh, they need restoration and preservation. Oak Hill Cemetery is part of the unmistakable identity of Lawrence, Kansas, and deserves the restoration and preservation to keep it a vibrant part of our cultural history. So Friends of Oak Hill is requesting the advisory board support a comprehensive needs assessment for the cemetery be undertaken and a long-term maintenance and preservation plan to systematically address the ongoing needs of Oak Hill. And that's the end of our presentation. We thank you very much for your time tonight. Are there any questions? Val, thank you. This is, oh, excuse me, Val. This is Pat. Oh, this, oh, go ahead, Pat. Thanks, Val. I just want to thank you, ladies. Um, every time I hear more information about um, Oak Hill, I really appreciate it and look forward to possibly this summer being um, able to be a part of that tour. Um, is it something every year that you do for the community to have a, um, a tour of the of the? It has been the last couple of years, yes. Okay. Because um, I know cleanup day you talked about, the cleaning of the monuments. Are there other things that you try to involve the community in relative to Oak Hill? The cleaning workshops, the cleanup day. Coyla, do you have anything you want to add to that? Um, 
No, we might be we might have a, a monument cleaning, um, just a little demonstration during Memorial Day. So if you want to come out, we'll be probably very close to the front or up on top of the hill um, to just show people how how they can clean their family's monument. Um, it's pretty easy. It's pretty simple, but it does take specific knowledge and specific cleaning materials. And then it takes like two or three weeks for the biological substances to be to be killed. And that's what hurts the stones a lot. It, you know, deteriorates the stone. So we're going to be doing that and we possibly might have a um, with the Parks and Rec um, coordination, we might have a goats goats in the cemetery mm. where they would be trimming certain sections. And um, I think the Parks and Rec have done it out at um, Prairie Park. And they're they're very thorough, the goats. And uh, it's kind of fun to watch them and hurt, you know, watch them hurt them. And so that's, I mean, just just simple things like that to bring people out. And, you know, Oak Hill has been called the Arlington of Kansas. And, you know, it's, it's just such a gem. And I think if we could get, <clears throat> you know, more publication or um, publicity, that we could get a lot more tourism to it. You know, cemetery tourism is huge. People love to come to the cemeteries and research and they use find a grave, um, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, it's becoming bigger and bigger. People from all of the United States have come to Oak Hill, you know, just to visit it. So yeah, it's a gem. Mm -hmm. yes, thank you, ladies. Uh, this is Val Renault, board member. Hi, Coila and uh, Denise. Thank you. Uh, I had no idea <laughs> that all that stuff was going on out there and how beautiful it is. Um, thank you. Um, my question about your ask um, for the needs assessment, I think we had seen earlier what you were allotted in the city's budget. Would it come and I, I don't know why I'm asking this because I'm not a great numbers person, but would it come out of what's already been allotted or is, is that a new line item that would go into the budget? No, we've been told that an assessment would not be covered by this 100,000 CIP. This would be a different matter. The CIP has already been designated and, uh, and actually Mark should probably answer that more than anybody. Sorry, Mark. Right, and point of order, Chairperson, I don't know if we want to get into discussion um, like this here because we don't have a quorum. I mean, we can we can have a free-flowing dialogue more than anything, but I think once you start venturing into, you know, a solution, a resolution, that's when we start getting into areas of gray matter that we don't want to go into at this time, just giving you the, the signpost ahead. <laughs> Understood. So can Mark answer then, or we should withhold having a city member discuss and just have the board ask questions? Mark, he, can, I mean, he can answer. Yeah, he can answer. I'm just saying if we get too far down the rabbit hole, it may, yeah. 
Marketing or assistant director. Yeah, the money that was allocated in the CIP was $100,000 for historic preservation. So it was very targeted and very specific on what we were going to spend it on. So if we wanted to do a study or do further restoration in the future years, we'd need to define that in the CIP. Uh, this is uh, John Nelbandian, board member. I'd like to know uh, what kind of relationship you have with Watkins Museum. We, we, we have worked with Watkins and we are definitely, we are open to the idea of partnering with them um, on different on different things. Um, yeah, they're a great organization and we've we've had really good interactions with them. I would be uh, I would be more comfortable endorsing whatever it is you're proposing if I knew there was an ongoing relationship with Watkins. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're definitely we've we've talked to oh, we've had a lot of meetings with Steve and Will. And um yeah, we're we're very open to you know working together. Yeah. Uh, Jackie Becker, board chair. Uh, thank you both for coming out. I live on the east side and have walked and biked through the area many, many times. Uh, found some really interesting graves that I never thought I'd known who they were or what they were yeah. about. So it definitely tells an incredible story of our community. Um, I wanted to know uh, the the three parts that are, you said there were three parts. Does that $100,000 CIP cover all three parts then that you had said that you were doing for the work on the cemetery? Yes. Um, well, they we've kind of done a needs, just a walkthrough needs assessment of sections one, two, and, and maybe part of three. Denise, I think it's part of three also, isn't it? And so those those monuments have been picked out, you know, the ones that need the most work. And um, we'll get, I think Mark said that uh, the bids will be sent out, you know, to see how much work we can do. And it has to be done by a, a person who is, or a company that is certified in all the areas that, you know, this would cover, you know, I mean, there's tons of certification for this, you know, between mortar and metal and, you know, all, all of that pinning and it's it's quite extensive the the work that they'll have to do so and then to continue um, the work with the native plants and and whatnot that's all included in the monies and grants that are part of that or is that separate from that uh, that According there hasn't to, been any action on that. It was just a plan that was given to the horticulturalist, the city horticulturalist office. Right. The way I understood it, it was the the grant, which is like one hundred sixteen thousand, has to go for actual improvement of the physical, you know, uh, objects out there. So it doesn't, you know, cover. I, I don't think it would cover plants and that sort of thing. Mark would know. <laughs> he, I mean, he's the one who kind of gave us the review. So, 
Mark Ecker, System Director. Yeah, what we're trying to do is get a start on the restoration process. So the $100,000 is just going to really be a start. And, you know, I don't think we can even do all the markers in section one, two, and three with the $100,000. So I think as we do a request for proposals, we'll start to understand a little bit how far the money will go and how many monuments in each section we might be able to, to rehab a little bit. The planting part, we did a little bit of experimental last year where we went in and planted uh, seven or eight different types of ground cover, seeing what would be most effective. And some did okay, some didn't. So I think it's gonna be an experiment because we're in a kind of up on a hill in a dry area. So, you know, there's some plants that just aren't gonna thrive there, but a few of them did okay. But, you know, you need to see a couple of years worth of growth on them to see if they're gonna last or if they're just gonna kind of look cool for a little bit and then go away, so. Appreciate that, Mark. Yeah, and, it, it, and it's the most important on the hill because of erosion. You know, that hill just kind of floats down and it starts covering. We when, During the workshop, we reset two monuments that had, the hill had come and covered about a foot of the monument. And I mean, it's just stuff like that, you know, that needs to be addressed. It's the hill is probably the biggest problem out there. Any, any other questions for us? Okay. All right, I don't see any other. Um, so obviously, you know, we can't act on what you requested right now. So I'm going to defer back to Roger. Is this something that we then can bring up next month then and we'll have them back? Okay. If you, if you, I'm sorry, ladies, that we had uh, oh, Maryland's now being admitted, so we could actually hold the meeting if she comes in. So, um, <laughs> oh, good. So we're going to have to kind of back up and start the meeting and not have the presentation, but then you can have discussion if that's what you want to do because Maryland's now in the room. Zoom is a wonderful thing, I guess. <laughs> you can bring us to quorum. Yes, it is. Um, okay, so then I guess, hello, Marilyn, if you're here now. Um, we'd been doing a presentation on uh, Friends of Oak Hill. Uh, is this something? She, she may have been watching at home. I think that's what she had said that she was planning. Okay, so she saw the presentation then? I, I don't know. I'm Okay. We'll wait until she actually shows up to ask her, I guess. So hopefully we'll see her momentarily. <laughs> this is when you need to have like a bed of music. There she is. <laughs> bed of music or something. So. Hello, Marilyn. Hello. Nice to see you. Thank you. Same. Had you been watching the presentation at all, or did you just get on and you missed the presentation? I just got on and missed. Okay. Okay. So maybe it's worth deferring till next yeah. meeting. Maybe it's better to defer it. Yeah. yeah. I would, I would, if she'd seen it, I would say no, but I, I agree that we should probably wait for next month if that well, or is. Or a time when the ladies could come back. I don't want to yeah. put your okay. schedule at saying that it has to be April, but I know it's probably sooner rather than later that you would like to have some uh, 
movement on your ideas, correct? Okay. Correct. Okay, so the April agenda, it, we will move this item to the April agenda if you can return then. Okay. It's April 11th, so you can look for your calendar for that one. Okay, should Sounds be available. Good. I'm going to try to master screen sharing because I had a whole bunch of <laughs> pictures with the slides that didn't come through on the PDF that I sent to Roger. So, okay, Denise, if you want to work with me on that at another time, just email me and we can kind of set up a time ahead of time so we'll get uh, that in there, okay? Thank you so much. I appreciate that. All you right. Get a second chance at it now with technology. So that's Yay. good. <laughs> All right. Well, goodbye. Thanks again so much right. for your time. Thank, thank you, me. guys. We oh, appreciate thank it. Thank you, Denise. All right. Well, that will take us to our next agenda item, which well, we, need, we need to really start the <laughs> meeting over. Well, just the approval of the minutes and yeah. All right. I'm learning lots of things today. All right. So now that we have quorum, we're going to jump back to the minutes that we can now vote on for approval from last month on February 14th. So if I could have you all take a look at those minutes and then I'm looking for a motion. Has anyone not already read the minutes? Then I'll make a motion that we approve the minutes. This is Pat Phillips, board member. I second that motion. All right, so I see a motion from John and a second from Pat. Uh, all those in favor, uh, raise your hand. And it appears to be unanimous. So minutes approved. So now, now we, oh, sorry. Now we jump to the agenda item number two. Number two. All right, which is the Brook Creek Park Trails Tour, which was supposed to happen on March 10th. But as we all know, uh, some weather happened. So uh, Derek, would you like to give us a little update? Sure. Derek Rogers, Director of Parks Recreation. Uh, we moved the date, and I need to check. I think it's Thursday, which is also looking like a rain day at that Correct. Uh, hopefully not. Um, we shall see. It also ties to a couple of things. Uh, I think Coyla left, but um, possible tying tying the trail to Oak Hill Cemetery, along with some historical signage, not only in the Wood Creek Park Woods, but also in the historical side of Oak Hill Cemetery. Um, and then Lindsay can fill you in on some things that tie to that back with Watkins to your previous questions. But uh, we're excited to walk the woods. They cleaned out MSO, cleaned out the ditch of down trees that removed. Somehow a refrigerator got down there. They cleaned that out. So I'm excited to go down there. I've got my my water shoes, and it should be a good time. The date was Friday the 18th at 4 p.m. And I don't believe I sent that out. So I will send that out this evening before I leave. Friday the 18th at 4 p.m. 
Yep, that's right. We did move it. So we do have a contingency from the neighborhoods. We should have a good turnout. And it's still an invite for the board to come out uh, to reach out to you directly if we can make it so we don't have quorum yeah. there. Okay. Um, and <laughs> that's, that's the main thing is just to allow the media to know if we have a quorum that no discussion will be going on to business, basically. It's more of a sightseeing tour. So anybody from the public or the neighborhood will meet up at the Brook Creek and we'll go walk the woods. So it's, it's an open event. And, um, we encourage anybody to go out and walk in our parks and trails and woods. Um, I'm going to try to get somebody from Friends of Lawrence Area Trails to come. I have to check and see if he's available on the new date. Show of hands, who's, who on the board's looking at going this Friday? One, two, okay. And there may be some others not on the call that are planned on that. All right. Uh, I think that's it regarding that then. So we can move on to concerns and other items of the board. If anyone has any comments for this month. This is Marilyn Hull, board member. Since I, I'm here, I'll go ahead and mention, um, I, can we get an update on Veterans Park and when the playground equipment is gonna go in? Mark Hecker, system director. Uh, we're basically weather dependent now. So I think I may have reported on this last last year. Uh, we were ready to put it in and we figured or figured out that some of the parts that were shipped were the wrong parts. So we basically had to start over with the manufacturer going back through the manufacturing process. Playground equipment right now is a six to eight month delivery time. So we have everything in, now we're just waiting for the installer. So we were actually supposed to go this last week when it snowed. So we gotta get back in the loop again. But yeah, we're very excited to get that done because we get asked three or four times a week from people on What's going on? Why is it taking so long? Thanks, Mark. You bet. This is Pat Phillips, board member. Mark, I have another question on an update on the Splash Park at Burroughs Creek. Where is that projected as far as to be open? Uh, Mark Hecker, assistant director. So I was just over there before this meeting. And um, it's going to move fairly quickly now. The uh, holdup on that was some of the planning issues. We were sitting in the flood plain, so we had to get a variance from the planning commission and the city commission to actually construct. But I would say the mechanical systems are pretty much installed, the electrics in, they're starting to form where the concrete will go. So I think that will be done April. So April, May, it should go pretty quick. Again, we have everything here and it's been here since October. So it's just a matter of getting it put in and, and going. So. Wonderful. Thank you. It seems everything is slow motion these days. So, um, this is Val Renault, board member, and um, I'm probably addressing this to Mark. <laughs> and I'm also interested in getting a lot of details. So, this probably isn't the time to get all that detail, but 
Um, in the last year, we've had a couple of presentations on the bees, the box, installing the boxes for the bee swarms. And then there was a group that wanted to put, um, was it pollinator plants in some of our parks? So I was just, it may be premature because the spring's coming, but I'd love to, you know, have a report on that sometime. It seems like it, like those two projects could almost link. And I was wondering if we would, if the city would provide resources through signage, like to learn more, or if we're going to be sending people to those groups or so anyway, if there's a committee or something like that related to that pro those projects, um, I'd like to learn more about it. Our CAC system director, I, all of those projects are moving forward. So we are meeting with the, that gentleman that came and spoke about the bee boxes and we're basically saying, sure, let's do it. So it's a little bit of how much resources he wants to put into it. And I know Tyler Five on our uh, landscape and forestry managers met with them a couple times. So that's moving forward. The pollinator gardens, the biggest one is out of the dog park. So we've kind of been working with that. You know, again, if you go out there right now, it does not look like a pollinator garden. It looks like a piled up field. So hopefully through May, June, July, we'll start to look like something that's a little more uh, butterfly worthy. Maybe we can get an update during Rogers Director of Parks Recreation for May, June, once we get some things growing and yeah, get some pictures of where the bee boxes are and provide a map and update and some visuals would be great. We can do that. Jackie Becker, Chair. Yeah, I actually, my brain was going, gosh, I wonder if we could put bee boxes in the cemetery. So there could be even more connectivity that way too. So potentially, I don't know again where their plan was, but just an idea. Uh, my question comes uh, with, I saw a post from the Lawrence Fruit Tree Project that somebody had pruned a bunch of the trees. And I was just curious if you knew what was going on with that. Mark Hecker, Assistant Director, yes, I do. That would be where the splash pad is. So there was a bunch of sapling fruit trees that were planted right exactly where the splash pad's going in up Rose Creek. So, and I don't know that those folks knew, but about half of them were dead. So we took those out. Once we get the splash pad in, we can put new trees back in. But yeah, I think we may have, uh, we tried to contact them and tell them that this is happening, but I don't know that we made good contact with everyone in the group. So we will, we will put it back to right once we get the splash pad situated on that site. Jackie Becker, Chair, I think that would be a great idea. I, I A lot of those people live near me, so I, I hear about it. So it would be excellent if you engage them to make sure we get the plants put back and you know regrowing in places that can provide fruit in the future. Thank you. Any other comments or thoughts or anything off the board? All right. Looks like we will then be moving on to the division updates. And number one is parks, trails, and sidewalk improvements. Mark Hecker, Assistant Director. I just wanted to update you on a few of the CIP projects that were kind of in the works. We just installed a brand new HVAC unit on East Lawrence Center, which none of you will ever see, but it's going to be nice. So it's a $100,000 plus improvement. 
uh, that actually services the, the big gym over there. So <coughs> Burroughs Creek splash pad we talked about should happen this spring. We are working on a design team, <coughs> excuse me, um, Lions Park, actually I need to go to their neighborhood meeting here at seven o'clock, but we're starting on a splash pad for Lions Park, which also involve a playground restoration and a shelter move. So that's kind of an exciting one that we're just kind of getting the design phase. We're working on the shade structures at the Holcomb Sports Complex. That's um, about halfway through, right? It'll probably start moving here pretty quickly in, in March, April. Um, Broken Arrow, we're replacing the restroom over there and then also upgrading the shelter house. So we hope to have enough money <coughs> to um, enclose that shelter and make it more of a year-round facility. We'll see how the money goes, but I, we have at least have money to renovate it a little bit and make it a little nicer. Uh, De Victor Park, we're working on a trail extension over there. It basically follows the footprint of the existing Agline Trail, make it concrete, and then there's a spur we're going to take off over to Legends Drive. So these are all CIP projects. The Lawrence Loop project, if you haven't been by out by Hallmark, that project has started, which is going to take the, the trail from Peterson Road or Peterson Park past Hallmark underneath the highway and over to Michigan. So that'll be kind of a nice little trail extension that'll get us into some other neighborhoods that we aren't into now. But the big part of that is we're tunneling under the turnpike entrance. So that's going to be a kind of a major uh, development. Other than that, there's a lot of projects that we have on the list that we haven't started yet. So we're supposed to do some work at the dog park. Um, you know, there's, there's just a lot of things moving. We're still talking about the artificial turf at the sports complex, youth sports complex, whether we can get that done this year or we move that to next year's CIP. And then personally, I'm working, Lindsay and I are working on the CIP for 2023 through 27. So we know where we are for this year, but we need to look into the future years and see if what we had planned is what we want to leave or if we want to rearrange or add. So sometimes when we talk about things like the, the Oak Hill Cemetery, you know, if you're looking at a, a significant project, we need to know about that pretty shortly so we can include it on the CIP. Uh, you know, right now there's quite a few groups that are interested in throwing the project our way. So I, at this point, it's all, you know, if you have a project, great, let's throw it in there and then it'll get prioritized later. There's one with a skate park. There's um, two or three others that are interested in, in bringing things forward. So that's all I have. Uh, Jackie Becker, Chair. Uh, Mark, in regards to the uh, bike trail going under the highway, what? how long do you think that project will actually take since you said it's some significant amount of work? Um, I think we're supposed to, if, if you haven't been over by there, they've cleared the trees and mm -hmm. they'll start the paths each side of that. I think the actual cut underneath the, the highway is supposed to start in late April. So they wanted to wait till weather got passed, but the, the whole thing's supposed to be done this summer. So it'll move fairly quickly. The, the trickiest part is obviously lane by lane closure of that turnpike entrance. Excellent. That's exciting. Thank you. Yeah. Marilyn Hull, board member, I have a question for Mark. Um, Mark, I've been in contact with the Caw River Commons um, group, the folks who are working on a possible alignment for a trail through downtown and other 
possible trails. Mark, I'm wondering, are, how does that work? Because my understanding is that they're a, a potential vendor to the city. Like they want to get paid to design trails for the city. Uh, they're also sort of advocating on, on a volunteer basis to get certain trails done. And I'm a little bit unclear on how they interface with Parks and Rec and um, whether they, uh, how, you, how are you gonna work with those guys, I guess is my question. Yeah, great question. Mark, our assistant director, I just met with them at three o'clock. So to this point, everything they've done is volunteer, which they've done an impressive amount of work and, and all kinds of demonstration presentations and they keep altering it. So I've probably met with them 25 times. So because every time they go to a different group, I'm kind of staff liaison. <clears throat> so where we're at now is actually, they, they actually got with Bartlett West and asked Bartlett West to give them some actual costs for each of those trail segments they're proposing. They're currently down to four. So we actually have a price we could stick into the CIP. So what I asked them to do was go ahead and write the CIP project and break it into phases. So the, the first one they're going to propose is the, um, what they call the, I think it's the Bower Sock Bridge. So it goes from the promenade behind the hotel around the Bower Sock power plant and then lands in lower constant, then that would hook to the trail that goes to Bertram. That's about a $6 million project. It's a big number. So then they have a helix that comes from up top down to the lower part. That's $10 million. And they have a bridge that goes across the river, which is another 14 million. So they're pushing up towards 30 million total, but their target is to look at some of these big federal grants and see if that funding might apply to, to this as a total. But you know, how we're working with them right now is we're kind of advising them and steering them and trying to get them to think as part of the city process that you need to submit what you want to try to do and then get it in the process and then we move it forward. So yeah, the $6 million price tag is big, but that does fix the connectivity of the Lawrence Loop through the downtown. So that is probably the, in my mind, the best option we have. It's also the most expensive option, so. Right, I guess my, Part of my question is they seem to be working two angles. One is community volunteers and also one as they want to be paid as designers. Can they do that? And you know, how does this how would the city go about picking a firm to design a project if it got approved in the CIP? Yeah, so Mark Ecker, system director. To this point, I've heard no talk of them actually being the design consultant for these. They've basically went along with the concept of at some point they turn it loose and it goes into the city process of bidding and RFPs and who's our design consultant. So everything I've heard from them is they just want to push it from the public participation point. So I don't know that either either are interested in you know being the consultant and I'm not sure they have, they have a little more of an architectural slash art type review as opposed to engineering. Okay. Well, maybe they, maybe they've changed their minds since I last talked to them. 
Um, but that I um, that makes more sense to me for them to do a handoff. Thank you. Any other questions? Mark. All right, we can move on to the recreation report. Great. Uh, Lindsay Hart, assistant director. Uh, this week is obviously very busy for us. It's spring break, so we have a lot of camps and activities going on, which is really fun. The uh, playground was packed today uh, over at South Park, so it was fun to see a lot of kids and families out there. Uh, but we do have a few spring break camps and some other various programs going on this week, so we're staying very busy. We're also hopeful that it doesn't rain on Thursday. Uh, we will be participating in the St. Patrick's Day Parade, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, otherwise, I'm in the middle of interviews for two open positions that I have on the recreation side, and uh, we're, we're trying to keep that moving and hopefully get those positions filled soon um, and get some, uh, get some voids filled that we're uh, looking forward to and gear us up for summer. Uh, Derek also mentioned the uh, uh, Watkins Museum. Uh, we are in conversations with them to talk about their Civil War on the Border event in August. And this year we're going to try and partner with them a little bit on that and help them with some uh, bus tours and things like that. So ways that we can, can join in and help and share resources. So we'll be participating uh, as we talked about the Oak Hill Cemetery tours and a few other things. So that's um, scheduled to be, uh, I believe, August 19th to the 21st. So we're, we're looking forward to that and uh, just getting some conversations starting on how we can work together on that. Um, otherwise, I think you got the uh, recreation report. So if anybody has any questions, otherwise, that's all I have. All right, no questions. All I know is I'm very interested in wanting to be a hula dancer. I saw that on the top and that's a pretty unique thing for Lawrence. I like that because I'm not a good dancer. <laughs> But um, moving on from Lindsay, uh, it's the director's report. So, Derek, that would be you. Thanks, Jackie. Uh, Derek Rogers, Director of Parks and Recreation. Um, piggybacking a little bit on the St. Patrick's Day Parade and tying to our strategic plan with sustainability and our tree canopy. Um, Tyler Fike and Parkside is giving out 100 tree or 500 tree samplings, saplings. So that will count towards our metrics of getting more trees and healthy canopies in the city of Lawrence. So that's, uh, we're excited about that. We also have Earth Day coming up, April 23rd. We'll be coordinating with our friends of the call and other volunteer groups to help clean up our parks. And I'm trying to think what else. It's Black Hills, I believe, is also doing a, uh, um, a tree giveaway for the public where we will be uh, collaborating with them. And that's uh, also another thing that will help expand the canopy of Lawrence and, and green things up. Um, you might've seen the North Lawrence Improvement Association or welcome the North Lawrence sign over by the Union Depot. If you haven't seen the sign, please do. Lawrence Times had a great article. Uh, worked with, Parks Rec worked with, uh, uh, Ted Boyle, Don Benda, um, great uh, round.
lot of support for Don Bender, who went out and through, I think it took him a while to get a sign approved that everybody in the neighborhood would agree on. He went to sign up, sign up paid for the sign, donated the sign. And so our part is we, uh, we've got very skilled craftsmen in the park side that build signage. So if you go around our parks, you will see the signage that are, the signs are mounted on. Our folks build and, and weld those. You, they are the most professional frames you'll ever see. So we supported them on that. And every time I go out to North Lawrence, that sign just is really cool. So on the outcome areas, I'm a staple identity, but it also goes back to strong welcoming neighborhoods. Worked with Jeff Creek. Uh, this is the second sign that I'm aware of. The first one's up by Hillcrest, done many years ago, uh, the stone out in the right of way. Um, I, I think that's something that's really cool. And I think the neighborhood's working on uh, creating t-shirts. Everybody in that, in that community on that side of the neighborhood is really excited about it. Mark's meeting with uh, their meeting tonight. I think it's the first one they've had in a long time. Uh, for the neighborhood, and they were wanting to get some uh, updates on where they were with where we are with the uh, uh, splash pad at Lions Park and where we are with uh, shelter, where that is in the CIP. Um, so they're excited to have, be back in person again, I think, for a meeting with the Neighborhood Association as we transition. The winter emergency shelter, you may have seen a story on that. Um, and I was reading the Morris Times and the other line said, well, in spite of it being closed March 1st, it's still going on. <laughs> so the follow-up of that is it's a winter emergency shelter. You may have noticed that in the journal world. They followed up the other day. Winter actually officially ends March 21st. And so official end is winter. It's seasonal. Um, hopefully it looks like the weather's going to be nice enough between now and March 21st that we don't need to provide that service. Um, the nice thing is the department under PDS, Planning Development Services, uh, Danny Walters is in charge of this, although our facilities, uh, I don't, the, we couldn't do it without our facilities. So it's been a, a good partnership between the two of us. Um, that's all I have, but I'm open to any questions or any of the staff so for any questions you might have and what's going on around Lawrence. Val. Val uh, Renault, board member. I just, I didn't hear the first uh, item you said about the tree giveaway. Who who was that or what was that? Um, I'll let Mark tell you in a little bit more about how that's working. We had two tree giveaways. Mark, you and I. Thank you. Sure, Mark Hecker, System Director. So what we're doing as part of the parade um, Thursday is we actually got some sapling trees from the Kansas Forest Service. There's 500 trees. We're going to take those, bag them up, put some dirt in it, put a tag on it, and we're going to hand them out along the parade route. So, you know, figure we have, what, six or seven blocks to cover. We're going to try to ration them out. And so instead of throwing candy, we're going to hand trees to kids or parents or whoever can plant them. So it's going to be kind of a fun thing, I think. The horticulture staff's excited about it. So we'll see how it works. Uh, John Nelbandian, board member. Uh, question, uh, just curious, uh, what's happening with the um, outdoor um, aquatic center? Uh, Mark Hacker, assistant director, in what respect? I mean, we're planning to open the what would be a normal oh, no i mean i didn't didn't at one point you said it was going to need a major renovation 
Yeah, Mark Hecker, System Director. So that's falling into the CIP. So currently we have that targeted for 2025 with oh. planning in 2024. But yeah, I think that that's on the horizon and we keep trying to bring it up just so the city commission understands it's coming. And yeah. at some point we're gonna have to make a decision on that. You know, I, I'll tell you a little story. Uh, back when I was on the commission, uh, the uh, one of the items was uh, we needed to remodel the uh, or bring the aquatic center downtown up to date. And we thought it was just going to be, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Lo and behold, we got this magnificent at the time structure. So that's why I'm looking forward to <laughs> what you guys come up with now. The 21st century outdoor aquatic center is going to be like uh, Disney World or something. I'm looking forward to it anyway. Mark Hecker, Assistant Director. Things definitely have changed. If you look at some of the more modern facilities within the last four or five years, it, ours looks really old now, but it was really <laughs> great in 1996, 97 when we did those. So. Derek Rogers, Director of Parks Recreation. We have discussions on this all the time on the pool and uh, the other thing that is, is in the works. Um, you may have heard when uh, Porter gave his update on uh, his champion area, uh, he talked about how things in arts and culture was transferring to Parks and Rec and he kept using the term Parks and Rec, Arts and Culture. And then oh. start saying it. <laughs> so we might officially be Parks and Rec, Arts and Culture, although it's more of a liaison role for us. Um, but it goes back to the master planning and trying to get that right. And one of the things of the master plan that for uh, Parks and Rec, Arts and Culture is going to be a review of our CIP to get the community input. Are we on the right track? What do they want to see? And I'm, I'm really excited about, you know, the scope of work and trying to get that done and get that to uh, the city manager's office. But uh, I, I think that should help us. So we've done two master plans, basically completed one in 2000 and one in 2017. And um, it would be nice to see, are we tracking the right way? Do we put the right priorities on? Are we out on left field? Or are we right on track? So it's exciting. Is the splash park on the east side that's about ready to open, is that our first splash park? It is? Well, we should we should do something special about that so people can anticipate that in their areas there's going to be a splash park uh, as well. So I mean we I hope we do some grand opening or something to celebrate. This is something new for Lawrence. Mark Eckerson, Director, I completely agree with you. And the master plan, actually in the CIP, we have four different splash pads scheduled. So hopefully first one's a success, we move to another neighborhood and we just keep moving. So that that actually ties a little bit into the outdoor aquatic center and the you know you don't have to go and play in the bathtub. There's other ways to do aquatics in the yeah. community. And the Rogers Director of Parks Recreation, we were just talking about that this morning, some of the same questions. When do we think it'll be complete? And then it's finding a when do we open it type date. It goes back to when we started this process, uh, looking at other communities and what are the rules that they use for yeah. their splash pads. Uh, 
Uh, Jackie Becker, Chair, a uh, question in terms of community engagement to kind of bring this back to. I know you'd mentioned a few months back, Derek, that we were going to possibly look into naming that park. Has there been any progress on that or where are we heading with how we're going to name our new park? Director of Parks Recreation, I think we still need to get the naming processes with legal. Is that correct? Right, but I think she's just talking about public engagement in general. Aren't you, Jackie, or are you talking more about process? It was kind of both, actually. So if we can, you know, both directions on that specifically, and then just the process of public engagement. And the project director of Parks and Recreation, let's follow up on that and uh, take, see if, where we are with our, our policy. I think that was a legal review. Yes. It's and so we get that back and then we can get the small rolling again. Jackie Becker, Chair. Yeah, I think that would be really excellent as we unveil a splash pad and then another one. Oh, by the way, community, and you can name a park. I think it absolutely will put parks and rec and and dot, 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 you know, you know, in terms of how we really see and look at our community and, and find space and things for our community everywhere with equal representation. Okay. This is Marilyn Hall, board member. Derek, can you just clarify, are we going to do a new master plan? Um, Go ahead, I'm sorry. That wasn't entirely clear to me. Derek Rogers, Director of Parks and Recreation. Yes, we're going to go out for RFD for a uh, new master plan, an update five-year plan, <clears throat> which you should do a master plan every five years. Look at our CIP and what we've got gotten accomplished. We've accomplished quite a bit in our existing plan. Um, as we look at uh, where are we with our Horizon 2040 plan, what is going to be city growth is like, where are we with cycle paths, where are we with sidewalks to parks. Um, scope of work is probably going to be a little more broader than it has been in the past. We were looking at some of the best practices from other communities and what they had in their RFP. And so the scope, as we look at reviewing our, our arts and culture plan uh, that the city has and the downtown master plan, as we take on more of that, it's going to be a bigger picture than what we've had in the past two. And is that happening in 2022 or when's the, what's the time? We're working on, we were able to, uh, one of the cities we liked, we got a copy of theirs. They're, their RFP was 45 pages long. It goes back to different cities to things a lot more detailed. But I'm reading through some of the things just in their scope, and I really liked how detailed they got in their scope for their community. Similar size, uh, different age demographic, but um, in a lot of ways similar uh, to what we value and what we need reviewed. Service levels of parks, our CIP, um, they had like six public engagements, uh, 15 charrettes. I mean, it was a lot of communication. Um, and that's that's gonna take a lot of work from all of us. Uh, this one took 18 months. I can't remember, Marilyn, you recall what our last one took? Was it, well, we were over a year, weren't we? Yes. <laughs> yeah, the people that were involved, I'm sure. Yeah, I see in the head nods. <laughs> so this is John Nalbandian, board member. Um, I, I apologize if I've said this before, but 
you know, there's a lot of literature on public engagement and the idea of just providing opportunities to people to give people voice is is like the most elementary form of engagement. Um, there are, I don't know if you've seen the website, it's called the International Association of Public Participation. The website is iap2.org and they actually have five different different stages of engagement all the way from our purpose here is to inform you all the way to the point is we are consulting with you and and then there are obligations that go with the different with the different forms so not only obligations of the city but obligations of the residents as well you know, I mean, we have so many opportunities for people to express themselves. What we don't have is, is, is platforms where people have to confront the consequences of their views. And that's what I think a real engagement will be. We want this. Well, are you willing to give up this? Anyway, I hope that we, when we do engagement, it's, it's more sophisticated than just what do you guys want from the city? End of lecture. <laughs> uh, Roger Steinbrock, marketing specialist. Uh, John, I'm AP2 trained. Uh, we have many people in the city that have gone through training for this and we're trying to get more and more people uh, engaged in that and trained so that we can become better communicators with our public. So. Uh, you're right on, you're right in lockstep with Craig and his vision for the city. So good job. You brought up one other point that I was going to bring up. Our CIP is open to the public. Anybody in the public can submit a CIP item through 22nd of March. Is that right, Mark? Okay. So we work with so many different user groups and special interests. And we love them all. We try to support them all, but we have to you know, try to put our objective hat on. You can ask for this, but it's going to be prioritized against everything in the city, and, and you may not win against a fire truck or a, or a uh, something catastrophic just broke that is critical infrastructure. Yeah. Um, so we try to provide all the support we can, and um, but that engagement piece is, is will be nice to get it in a bigger forum for the whole community. Yeah, you know, I was uh, uh, one time when I was in London, in uh, England. I was at a smaller jurisdiction outside of England, outside of London, and I went to the library. And in the library, they had this area where they had all these little two-page pamphlets, little, and it was all the city services that were provided. And what it said was like on the trash, in trash collections, we promise you, and then it gave the promise, and then it said, we expect from you. And I I just love that. It was so long ago, but it was this, for every service that they provided, we promise you, we expect, you know, put out your trash. We can't pick it up unless you put it out. Rick Rogers, Director of Parks and Recreation, they've been interdepartmental. We had that same discussion the other day with Solid Waste. Expectations from Parks and Recreation, expectations from Solid Waste. 
We expect you, the citizens and other departments to get trash here. Once it's here, then we do our job. You don't ask go by doing something else. So I, I, that's interesting, I like that. I know Mark needs to run over to a meeting. I, I don't want to see him late. I think I hear him heading for the door. <laughs> Any other comments, topics from the board? I, will, I may have one. Um, they're going to be moving to hybrid meetings um, and in the city commission in April. Uh, we will be as well. Um, I don't know what that means. I'll find out more about it the week of the 25th. Uh, there's some meetings that I have to go to to learn about how we're going to be doing hybrid, but uh, they requested that we wait until April to do that, and that would be the next meeting. So we'll see um, that we may have some in-person uh, folks as well as the Zoom world as well. So just to give you the, the idea that maybe we might be able to be face-to-face -face soon. I don't know. The hope is there. I wanted to plant the seed. <laughs> it's a pretty, Jackie Becker, Chair, that's a pretty excellent concept if we can make it happen because I don't think I've physically seen some of you in a few years. So that would be nice. Uh, any other comments, questions? <laughs> If not, I'm looking for a motion to adjourn. This is Marilyn Hall, board member. I move that we adjourn. Uh, John Nalbandian, board member. I'll second it. All in favor? Raise your hand. Aye. Aye. Looks unanimous. <laughs> so at this point, I believe we are adjourned and we will see everyone on April 11th, or maybe you'll get lucky and get a tree on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. Good night, everyone. Bye. 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 -bye. bye, -bye. bye, -bye. bye, -bye.